Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome in. This is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. And God, we're right in the midst of March Madness. It is a terrific time of year. Uh, Ralph Sampson, if I asked you, okay, What's the philosophy of picking the winning bracket in your office? Do you have a, is it guard play? Look for the best big man. Yeah. How, do you, how do you pick your bracket? What's the philosophy? I mean, over the years, I think the hardest picks are the eight, nine teams that, you know, are pretty equal and pretty, uh, could go either way. So that, that busts a lot of people's brackets and causes havoc. And everybody thinks going into the, <laughs> Final uh, NCAA March Madness. I got the perfect bracket. I this team went. Hey, people, Mac, pick colors of jerseys, <laughs> the, the right day of the week. You know, you got to see the injury report. I mean, there's some signs behind this thing. Lion, whatever, Lions versus Eagles. Exactly the na- the nicknames of the teams, and I mean, you know, all kinds of cheerleader uniform colors. I mean, you know, what they playing the temperature. So people, I think, go all out with March Madness, best time of the year. Perfect. But I think. At the end of the day, is a team that's hot at the end of the season. I'd look at the conference tournaments and see which teams are hot and see what teams are playing okay. well at that. that point in time. Then I can get a better selection at that point in time. But by by now, everybody in the country's bracket is gone anyway. You, so don't make you, a you scared me there for a minute because I was thinking that you really didn't have a philosophy. But I, I did. I know I got a philosophy. I, I, I watched the tournament. I watched the conference tournament. I, mean, I think I think that's a great that's a great one. I mean, like how, I'm on the East Coast. I'm gonna watch UCLA on the West Coast play. At seven eight o'clock at night, it's 11, 12 o'clock on the East Coast. I'm not going to do that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Only highlights. That's true. Yeah. Special guest today, and really looking forward to uh, to talking with this young man who we, we've known for a long time, Ryan Odom, the head coach of Utah State. Uh, he was with Seth Greenberg uh, for a long time uh, at Virginia Tech. He learned really how to handle teams, and of course, he made history, didn't he? In 2018, that spring of 2018, it'll never be forgotten, will it? And that may not ever happen again, Mac. I mean, that's one versus the 16. But obviously the history that we have with him and, you know, little kid and Coach Oldham. And mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is going to be a great interview. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And actually, Ryan played under Tony Shaver, who has, you know, had a great run. And Tony now is uh, in Farmville. Uh, he's really following Longwood and, and, and all the things that are, are positive there. But, uh, you know, he played under Tony Shaver and he had a great career in Hampton, Sydney as a player. But little... I hate to say little, but yeah, little, <laughs> little Ryan Odom, who we saw in the gym a lot back in the early 80s. And, uh, you know, he was at Wake and we had a great time. Ryan Odom is our guest. And this is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Ralph and I come back with the head coach of Utah State right after this. A bold new experience is coming to Charlottesville. Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson is opening the American Tap Room. It's an upscale sports bar brought to you by the basketball legend himself. Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room has been built in the spirit of competition with everything from burgers and wings to premium steaks and seafood. The Tap Room also features a special Ralph's House IPA made by the Three Knots Brewing Company. With a grand opening just a couple weeks away, now is your chance to join Ralph's team and get in on the ground floor of the American Tap Room launch. 
Whether you're traveling for the game and looking for that special pregame meal or meeting that important client, Ralph's American Tap Room is in a terrific location in Barracks Road off of Emmett Street. Discover Hall of Fame greatness. Log on to americantaproom.com. Anyone in life that has any type of success never does it on their own. And so I know where I came from. To all the former players you know, that I've been fortunate enough to coach over the years, uh, both as an assistant coach, all right, and certainly as during my time as head coach of, of Lenore Ryan and, and, uh, and UMBC, I would not be standing here before you if it was not for them and their successes. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome in Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network and uh, Ralph, a special guest today. It goes without saying, everybody knows this, this coach's name. And so I'm going to let you do the honors and let you introduce a, a guy that we've known a, a little while, right? Well, I mean, you know, we know him as little Ryan behind his back and all that kind of stuff is great. But I mean, when you say Coach Odom or Odom name, I've synonymous with basketball at Virginia, Wake Forest, et cetera. But there's also this Odom cloud in Charlottesville, which we won't get into too much of that from a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, it, it couldn't have been, you know, couldn't happen to a better person. Anyway, Coach Ryan Odom, uh, I mean, things have changed a little bit since I've seen you. And yeah. although we stay in touch through Coach Odom, and, and your mom actually gave me the load on. Coach just gave me the coach. But when I'm talking to Coach Mac, we, we, we did Coach Odom. He was in the car. And remember, the, and, and the mom was like, here's what you do to get on Zoom and, and do the call. <laughs> we didn't see his face, but she, she, we know who's the boss of that family. So anyway, Coach Ryan doubt. Odom, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me. It's great to see you guys. It's been a long time. It has been. And we were waiting. You know, we're hoping that, that you guys were going to advance and your first year with the program. We're hoping you're going to move a little bit. And so I waited and waited. And then when, yeah. when Oregon pulled the trigger, sorry about that. And I yeah. said, you know, now's a good time to, to talk with uh, with Ryan and all the NCAA NIT postseason college basketball stuff. So we have a lot to cover. Ryan, what was so attractive about going to Utah State? Yeah, the tradition, uh, first and foremost, uh, the tradition of winning, the tradition of coaches, you know, that have walked the sidelines here in the spectrum. You know, really top notch. Um, you know, a ton of former players that have gone on to go, do great things. Um, you know, some still in basketball, like a J.C. Carroll, who, you know, played overseas, is one of the, you know, all-time leading three-point shooters, um, you know, in the in the Spanish league over there. Um, and then a guy like Stu Morrill, who coached here for 18 seasons and, you know, is, is, is really helped build this program. And a lot of those former coaches are still around, which is really cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dutch Belknap is, you know, 90 years old now. He coached against John Wooden. Oh, wow. And, wow. you know, he sends me, you know, a text message after every game uh, that we play, win or lose. And he watches every game. He came to our Weber State game and I had him in the locker room. I had two former coaches, Rod Tuller and Dutch Belknap in our locker room after we beat Weber State in, uh, you know, a, a place that I'm sure you guys know well, right? That was yeah, the yeah. place that led us to the Final Four in 84, right? Same arena, yep. I believe, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yep, it was. Yeah, Virginia. Um, 
but you know, it's been, it's been really fun, you know, transition for me. And in, in terms of what we walked into reminds me a lot of Virginia in a lot of ways. Um, and that the former players are, you know, so proud of this place and, and come back and are a part of it still and come to games and they'll be around pick up. And uh, some of them are still young enough that they can play with the guys. Um, and it's just a really healthy environment, you know, to coach in. And uh, the maturity level obviously goes without saying we have guys, you know, uh, that have gone on missions and, and, you know, taken two years away, you know, prior to even entering college and they come back, you know, really mature and, and ready to, you know, uh, give to the university in so many ways. And so it's been a, it's been a great transition for me so far. Uh, we love being at Utah state. Yeah. So, so when you made that decision to, 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 to coach there, did coach Odom or Mrs. Odom, who gave you the, the best advice or the most advice to go to Utah? Cause I'm sure they may want you closer to home or something like that. Oh yeah. No question. I mean, the, the best advice there, I mean, cause that had to be a, a tough decision to move a little bit further away from, from home. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, they both were apprehensive, you know, at the beginning of this because, you know, it was it, it is a big change. You know, all of a sudden we're two hours difference. Right. We're in mountain time out here. And dad's immediately thinking about, you know, family and his grandkids being yep, away yep, yep, yep. And, and mom and the same same thought process and, and harder to get to. Um, but, you know, things are closer nowadays. We can do this right here, you know, in terms of Zooms and mm -hmm. FaceTimes and, and things of that nature where you could stay a little bit more connected than it was in years past. And, um, you know, they still had to, had to get on a plane most times to come up to Maryland to UMBC and, and, or drive seven hours or however long it right, was. Right. So it's not an easy, easy ride up that way. And here coming here, it's, get on a plane and, you know, it's a day to get here basically and a day to get home and they stay longer. And so mom and dad were out here for, they were out here for the last week of the season. So they got to see two games and spend time with their grandkids. And one, one of my, my oldest son is on the team. He's a walk-on Connor. And uh, my youngest is in ninth grade. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been fun to have everybody together out here, but the biggest thing dad was worried about was being able to stay up late enough to watch those late night games. <laughs> you got to tape them. We got, they, they got playback now. So it's That's good. right. <laughs> Mike, I did hear him say, oldest son is a yes. walk-on in college yeah, already. Come on. I mean, we're I definitely think, uh, getting as a fine wine older, but, but better. But that's, I, that, that's amazing. Like Social Security and right after we <laughs> this interview, yeah, exactly. so I get that. Ryan Odom is our guest from Utah State. Ryan, when does a coach know – a transition needs to be made and this job's attractive and this is one I'm going to take. I, probably every coach has their own individual set of, of boxes that they want to check, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, I think you want to, you want to uh, have, have a chance at winning, right. And, you know, the history of success that's happened within the program. I mean, you know, I felt like it was the right time for me and I'll be honest with you, that was a really hard decision because UMBC, it was very special, you know, for me, um, the relationship that I had, I had two different ADs, one that hired me and then one that came in, you know, in year four, uh, at UMBC and both were amazing and so supportive. Um, one of the hardest things I had to do, um, you know, was in addition to telling the players was to tell my president at UMBC that, you know, it was time for me to, to move on. Mm -hmm. 
He's a tremendous mentor and always will be. I'll never make a decision in my life, you know, without, you know, chatting with him. Obviously, you know, I'm going to talk to my parents and key people in my life that, you know, have helped me to this point. But he's another one, you know, and, and just a special guy. Uh, Dr. Freeman Robowski, he he grew up in the South, you know, in the in the um, in the 60s and his parents were teachers and um you know, he was he was actually in jail with Dr. King um, for about five days. Wow. And um, he's really built that university. He's been at that university 30 years. And wow. when I called to tell him that I was leaving, he knew that day was going to come at some point. He didn't want it to come, you know, after five years. But he told me in that conversation that he was going to retire at the end of the year. And yeah. wow. nobody really knew at that point. And um and so we have a special bond and, uh, but I will say that was a very hard day. And a lot of folks don't really know much about, you know, how does it work when one coach leaves and he goes to another place and, and like, how do you tell your team? And I go back to that day and when I'd finally come to the decision of the job's been offered and, and I've decided that it's the right move for us. Well, now I've got to go in and, and tell these guys, you know, that means so much to me. And so I uh, had the chair sitting in the locker room and the guys are sitting and looking around and, you know, I start, you know, just talking to them about, you know, decisions and life decisions that mm -hmm. happen and um, got emotional, of course. And, um, you know, it's really hard when you're the head coach and you know that your, your decision is going to impact everything, you know, for everybody else that's in that room that's a big weight to bear. And, you know, that was a, that was a really hard day. And so we go through that process and then 15 minutes later, I'm going to zoom like this with being introduced to my new team. <laughs> and so it's like this wave of emotions. Right. Um, and it's not as easy as just, you know, seeing it on the ticker on ESPN. Hey, this guy took this job or this guy got fired. Mm -hmm. There's, there's lives and, and emotions and, and, people involved in these decisions and so it's really hard stuff 20 point lead and the greatest upset in the history of this tournament is going to happen devastating shock it all in college basketball umbc makes history in charlotte we wanted to just establish a winning culture initially and we wanted to challenge our guys each and every day to, to try to max out and do their best. And when you do that, usually success follows. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome back, Center Court, Winner's Circle Network. Mac McDonald, Ralph Sampson, Ryan Odom, our guest, head coach, Utah State. And we have to dive into it. So Ryan, I don't know if you're, you're tired of talking about it, but uh, when you made history that day uh, in 2018, number 16 versus number one, everyone knows the story. You were a 20 point underdog. What was the first conversation you had with your dad, Dave? What did he <laughs> say when, did he call you right away? Did he text you right away? What was the first conversation you had with, with Dave? Well, he and, and mom actually were at the game. I mean, so we, you know, the game was in Charlotte, you know, as you know. And so I actually live, my wife and I, our, our family lived probably a mile from that arena when I was coaching at UNC Charlotte. 
And we had a hard ending there. We ended up getting let go. Our head coach got let go, which obviously, you know, means the staff gets let go. And so the ending there in Charlotte was really hard. And I was very fortunate to end up at Lenore Ryan and, you know, the history from there that led me to UMBC and mom and dad were at the game. We had a ton of family and friends, my brother Lane, uh, you know, my wife's side of the family was all there. And so there was, you know, when you're, when you're in a, you live in a place for six years, you know, there's just a bevy of people that want to come to the game. And so figuring out the tickets was not easy. But, <laughs> Take a uh, broker. Take a broker. Yeah, no, it's tough stuff. But, um, you know, mom and dad were at the game. And so they came back in the locker room afterwards. And it was a crazy scene, as I'm sure you can imagine. I mean, it was just so many cameras and, mm. and you know, people trying to get interviews and stuff. But mom and dad made it back to the locker room for a brief moment. And we just exchanged a hug and, and, you know, as typical moms and dads, you know, try to do, they say they're really proud of you. And, and there was nothing about the game or the specifics of it or anything like that. It was just, you know, a, a father, son, a mother, son moment of, you know, they're just hugging and proud. And uh, they came back to the interview room and were able to kind of listen to all of that. Um, and, you know, I've always said, you know, it was a bittersweet moment, you know, for, for me personally, because, you know, I grew up in, in university hall. I mean, I would get home from Venable, you know, elementary school and, you know, we live right across that bridge as Ralph and Mac, yep, yep, you know, yep. right next, right two doors down from the Hollands. And, you know, I would ride my bike right across that bridge, sometimes walk, stop at the Seven Eleven over there, maybe play a video game and uh, get a Slurpee and then head exactly, on, to, exactly. you know, head on over to U-Haul and watch practice. And I would sit over there on the bench, you know, back JJ was the GA at that point. And he and I would sit on the bench because he couldn't get on the court, right, to coach at that point. Right, right. And so we would dribble between our legs, you know, sitting on the bench over there watching watching you you play Ralph and yeah, yeah, yeah. Othell yeah. and all those guys and Ricky. I mean, it was Rick Carlisle was on the team at that point. And I learned so much, you know, during my time there that, you know, I really didn't even realize that I was learning at that point, right? I mean, I'm just a part of something like that Coach Holland had put together that was just so special. And, and the high-level people that were involved in that program at the time, from the assistant coaches – you know, to all the players, to the managers, right? Uh, all the all the people that have gone on to do these amazing things. Um, and Coach Holland put that together. And uh, we've all benefited from it. Yeah, I mean, Mike, that, I mean, that, that game to me, when I, I was in Atlanta, I remember where I was. Like, you know, some moments you know where you was and what was happening. So I was in Atlanta. Yeah. I did a, was doing an event. Um, they could go to the first game and, you know, one to 16, but I, let me go do this first. And I was going to come up and drive up to the next. Yeah. And you're watching the game, you're watching the game with all these people like, okay, wow, it's, what's happening. So then you start to think about it and the history there, you know, with Ryan at UVA coach Odom, it's like the perfect storm, right? Yeah. I mean, from, from growing up at, around UVA, around coach Holland and, and the program to becoming a coach, but being a son of a coach with, you go from UVA to Wake to Tim Duncan to, 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 to as you guys talked about earlier, the driving Max uh, Corvette, you know, at the, at the kid <laughs> at Wake Forest, to, to that game, it was a perfect storm. So, I mean, I, I, was, I was actually proud of, of, of you, but, you know, the history and relationship we have that 
if anybody could do it and done it, I was glad it was you. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And I think that's that's actually what what Tony texted me because I texted him after the game. And, you know, I'm very close with one of the assistant coaches there. We work together at Charlotte, Orlando Vandross. Obviously, I've known Jay Willie for a long time. Yep, yep. Sure. Um, and so the connection there, Mike Curtis, even Mike, you know, got started with dad. He was dad's, you know, strength coach at, wow, at South wow. Carolina. And so the connections there are very strong. And so, you know, as, as happy as I was for our team, I knew it was on the other side of it. And so it was a bittersweet moment. Tony's what college basketball is all about. And, um, you know, one of the best coaches, you know, to ever do it, you know, in our game. And, you know, for it to end the way that it did for them, you know, makes it, you know, all worthwhile. And, uh, you know, what a special year that was that next season, yep, yep. you know, for the Cavaliers. Well, you know, it was it was more than history, Ryan. And you, of course, you following your dad and Lane, the whole family, your mom, you guys are so humble with such wonderful love for people, the game, the respect that you give other coaches that had to be a moment. And I mean, you're, you want to burst, you want, you want to tell the media, yeah. look at us, look at me. Yeah. But that's not your, that's not your mantra. You handled it with such humility. That's such a tribute to your family. I think, I don't even know if you thought of that, but that's such a, yeah, tribute. yeah, no question. I mean, I would give that credit to my, my parents, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's never one person in sports, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's like, you know, the players that I was fortunate enough to coach at all the different schools, like I'm where I'm at right now because of them and because of the efforts and, and the willingness to be coached and, and loved, the, the willingness to go through hard times um, and, and come out on the other side of it um, stronger. And, um, and mom and dad have always taught me that, you know, it's, it's never beat your chest because you did something. It's there's somebody else helped you get there. And, uh, you know, that was one moment and obviously it was a historic moment and, and not just our moment. It was the country's moment because people have wanted that to happen forever. Right. And that's what March Madness is all about. You want the upsets. They're getting ready to start again here. And mm -hmm. if they haven't already in a couple hours and, and that's what everybody's pulling for, yeah. <laughs> they want, they want the underdog to win. And then that's what the first weekend's all about. And, um, you know, it happens every year. It's why we love March so much, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I've got great parents, a great brother and supportive, you know, wife. My wife is, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if, if I didn't have her and her belief in me, um, because that's that's it takes that, you know, to for anybody to get where they want to go. Right. Coach, 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 I'm sorry, Mike. Coach Odom taught you well. <laughs> he gives all the credit to the wife, which would give all the credit to Chris Odom as well. He taught you well. He did. He did. No question. La and last part of it, Ryan, with everything that happened, but was there a moment in a silent moment where you cried? No, I don't think there was. Um, quite honestly, the, the Vermont game was more emotional than that one, than the Virginia one. Oh, yeah. And I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, when you're in a one-bid league and we were fighting a monster at that point in Vermont, and they did it again this year. I mean, they lost one game the whole season. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was that particular year. Um, you know, their their team that particular season was dynamite. And, um, you know, to beat them on their court, you know, and that was our first time beating them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we beat him, Jarris hits a last second shot, you know, to win the game in a packed arena. I mean, you know how hard that is to beat somebody on their court. Sure. Um, especially in that that setting and with everything on the line. I mean, that was the most emotional that we all got um, because it was like, that's what you're trying to get at that level. It's like, you want to get in the dance. And um, for us to achieve that, you know, and, and, you know, you think back to where when we first got to UMBC, what it was like, they'd had seven straight 20 lost seasons, you know, wow. when we first wow. got wow. there. Wow. And so then the, all of a sudden turn it around, you know, in two years and be at that point, it's credit to those players and their belief. And, uh, and obviously it's a tremendous blessing, you know, that, you know, God chose us to be the ones to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're still, we, you know, there's not a year that goes by that I won't get asked about it and, and I don't yeah. reference it because it's, you know, it's, it's an example of believe in yourself and, and you never know what can happen. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, but Mac, 20 years of 20, seven years of 20 straight losses or 20 losses yeah. in a season. You take a job at a school, like, okay, what, what am I getting myself into, right? Oh, like, I know. Coach Laranega told dad, I don't think he should do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> that, wow, wow. Yeah. Roger Maris got tired of talking about 61. You yeah. Know? I mean, <laughs> when you go back into history and, you know, the real athletes or whatever, and, uh, uh, Ryan, when we come back, of course, how to build a program, we're going to dive into how, how you do it. But, um, and I know we spent a lot of time in the moment, but it was such a moment that I, it defined you, defined your program. And I'm going to guess that you got a couple of phone calls after that too, that, you know, that people said, Hey, would you be, would you want to listen to us about our program? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There certainly were. And, and, uh, the timing was not right at that point for me to leave. And, uh, Certainly, I felt like there was unfinished business in terms of building that particular program. Uh, Ryan and I have a, I think, a great relationship beyond father-son. I see the game through my prism. Uh, He is younger. He sees the game through his. I have learned since he's been a head coach, beginning at Lenore Ryan uh, through his three years there at UMBC, he's got his own idea about how the game should be played. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player, Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back. This is Center Court, Winter Circle Network. Ralph Sampson, Mac McDonald with you. Ryan Odom is our guest, head coach, Utah State. And, you know, you've had a, a really good run, Ryan. And Ralph, look what he's look what he's doing to programs. He's learning how to build programs. You know, he had, his father did a pretty good job of that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would say I remember getting my um... – right ring finger broken the year coach only was there i don't know if you remember that i had a spiral fracture and i had some pins in it i do remember that and uh, coach only made me dribble left-handed <laughs> i mean okay you can still work out you still practice we can just dribble left-handed so i did that and i can recall playing in a louisville game uh, against Rodney mccray a teammate of mine in a, in a third player picked in the 1983 nba draft he said i knew you was going to dunk on us, whatever, but I knew we was going to get to the championship because you made us play harder. But it, I was, I learned to dunk left-handed. Yeah. Do the coach order because I, my, I mean, I, I mean, I, I sit out maybe a week and I had a spiral fracture. I had these pins in my finger, this big bandage on my finger. And he made me dribble like every freaking day <laughs> left-handed. I'm like, okay, good. Why do you want to do that? But anyway, it worked. It worked. So, you know, to build a program and 
to have a coach like that, obviously, it's very special for me. But obviously, seeing Ryan doing what he does is even more special. Mm-hmm. But today's game is, I mean, it's changed from the way you saw it growing up to, to where when you got involved, it's changed even more with this name, yes. the likeness, the portal, and all the stuff. Now, how do you build a program in Utah, of all places, to be successful? I mean, that's, that's got to be hard to do, but obviously, you're doing very well. It is hard uh, for all of us now because everything's changed. The landscape has, has totally changed and it's becoming more and more like the NBA, um, you know, in terms of, you know, and you hate to use this term, but free agency, right? Because right. a lot of it, and I think coaches overall feel that, you know, it's a good thing. Like coaches can come and go and move. And I know there's contracts and there's money involved, you know, in, in those movements, you know, schools have to pay to get this coach to go, wherever school X um, they have to pay to get rid of a coach a lot of Mm -hmm. times. So there is money being exchanged from that perspective, but, but players haven't had the freedom of movement like they do in other sports. Um, And so I think it's, it all in all will be a good thing. I think there will be a settling, you know, uh, a timeframe where it'll settle and become more normal for everybody as people begin to, to get situated with it. And then the, the entire name, image, likeness, you know, aspect obviously is there's, there's, it's a change, it's daily changes um, that are happening with that. And, you know, certain schools are, are all in on it and, and others are, you know, kind of, you know, taking a backseat and waiting to see kind of how things are going to progress and, and, you know, how the NCAA is going to, uh, you know, look at these, these, these situations. Um, but all in all, I think it's a great thing for our, for our students. Um, it's a great thing for, for them to be able to, you know, earn money while they're in, while they're in college, because they, they can't work like normal students or they can't, you know, go get a job and, and do whatever their summers now are taken up, um, you know, with workouts and, and, you know, having to do all the things that it takes to, to be successful that next season. And so, you know, any opportunity for them to earn money on their name, image, likeness, I'm, I'm all for. Um, but as coaches, you have to be careful, you know, because there's a lot of times these one year transfers, right. right uh, that come in. And if you're tr- really trying to, uh, build a program and your program is about, you know, helping kids grow and develop, um, while they're under your watch, um, and your staff's watch, uh, you gotta be really careful with that. And that's not to say I'm, we, we had, you know, a one-year guy this year, but he played for me at, you know, for us at UMBC. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that we won't do it again here. I think the mixture of the two, you know, I think is really important. High school, uh, prep school, junior college, um, and then regular transfer, maybe that has multiple years, you know, to play and grow within your program. And then, you know, lastly, you sprinkle in the, the, the one-year guy that you have to really fill a hole there that you right. know you're not going to be able to do with, with a younger player. And so we're all kind of managing this thing. Um, and, and it's not easy, but at its core for me personally, it's all about, you know, I have one chance with these kids and, 
I have one chance to help them grow as players. I have one chance to help them grow as people. And I have one chance to help them grow as students. And we focus on making sure that they do their best in all three of those areas. And, and our job is to max them out. And, and you know, I, I view it as the beginning of a relationship that's going to last a really long time. Like you and dad, you and Coach Holland, all your former coaches and teammates, like you remember and, and you cherish that more than you do those individual games, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's, to me, that's what it's all about. And that's what we're trying to create here at Utah State. And that's what we tried to create at UMBC. And I think we did a solid job. And that's what we tried to create at Lenore Ryan as well. I'm still, I've got two former players from Lenore Ryan that work for us out here wow. at, at Utah State. And that, to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, if you can carry that legacy from one school to the next, I mean, and then after you get out, just like, I mean, having a relationship with Coach Olam and your, and your mom and Miss Holland and Coach Holland, it's, you know, even special, it's, I mean, believe, trust me, it's more special after you finish yeah. playing than That's it right. is while you're playing. Because you, you, right. you, you plan, you, you, you get a different feel and you got to play, you, like, you know, you got to take the discipline, you got to yeah. go study, you got to do all these things. Then after you get away from the game, you build a relationship like, oh, okay, great. Uh, we just had that special on ACC Network, and Miss Holland sat beside me at the game the other day. and said, "I didn't, I didn't realize you were that good." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize it then, but you see it now." I'm like, "Okay, well, I didn't realize it either because I never watched the video." But it, it, trust me, it's a very special moment. And like I said earlier, it's very special to see you succeed from you know dribbling the ball between your legs and over the U-Haul, which is very special to all of us to to see where you are now. It's, it's a kind of amazing ride, and I congratulate you on your success. But Going back to this name of your likeness, it always, even if I just when I played NCAA, said student athlete. Yeah. Athlete. Now yeah. I'm just becoming an athlete because I'm just a student and I got to be a student athlete and I should be able to earn money just like a normal student if I can get an internship or yeah. I can get a you know nine to five job and, and make money wage. I should be at that level. But I always thought that was the case even years ago. But it's a totally different world right now with name is likes it and that transfer portal, you got to be almost like, like you said, an NBA team to uh, really be able to handle that. But I'm sure you do well. But what's the most important thing for you in this year at this stage in recruiting and getting another athlete in? What do you need out there now? And how are you going to go by to get some other players into your system uh, for next season? Yeah, I think it's all about evaluating, you know, immediately after the season, what you have to do is figure out, you know, in your individual meetings with your current roster is, is re-recruiting your team, you know, and making sure that you keep that, that core group together um, and that, that can, can uh, you know, help your team win. And, and then eventually you're going to have guys that graduate. You're going to have some guys that, you know, choose to move on. And you know, I think all of us hope that it's not, you know, a primary player, you know, that chooses to go to another school, obviously, but it happens. And, you know, kids want to transfer up. They want to transfer down, uh, you know, lower level to mid-level. That's one of the reasons I was attracted to this job is because I felt like it's in a sweet spot, right? Like our league got four teams in the NCAA tournament, you know, this year. And we were fortunate enough to make the NIT. And so we have five teams in high-level postseason I feel like we're in a sweet spot because there's the high level pack or power fives, right? You're going to have a player that maybe doesn't play quite as much as he wants to. He wants to be more of a primary guy. 
Well, he could come down and not have to give up much in terms of level, right, down at, in, in the Mountain West. Or you could have a guy that's, you know, like Brandon Horvath from UMBC who played for us there. He was first team all-conference. Well, he comes up a notch, you know, to the Mountain West to challenge himself. And, you know, he ends up at the end of this year, he was honorable mention, actually he was third team all-conference. So he wasn't first team, right? But he was third team and helped us win games. And so uh, I do think that our level, it is it is kind of a sweet spot for both sides of it. Um, and and uh, I do think that's that's something that we, we've tried to, you know, kind of really hone in on. Um, but it is difficult because, you know, you see a guy that goes into the portal and you look at it and you're like, oh man, we'd love to have him. Let's give him a call. And then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> Arizona, it's, right. you know, whoever calling to. <laughs> right, right, right. What's the, Ryan, that's a, that brings up a great point. What's the secret now for a college coach, football or basketball, what, or swimming, what yeah. is the secret to the portal? Yeah, I don't know that there is one one specific thing. Um, you know, I do think at its core, this is a contacts business, right? And, you know, uh, I've been very fortunate in that, you know, I've grown up in this business. And so, you know, because of dad, because of, you know, all the work that he did over the years, and certainly my brother got off to a great start in college coaching and has now moved into the NBA. Yep. I do think we've got you know, a, uh, you know, that's 60 plus years of contacts, you know, you know, in, in coaching. And, uh, and some of those are, um, you know, certainly ones that, that trust us. And as those connections take place, um, I think ultimately, you know, if you're going to send a, a player to a Utah state to play for me, I think most people would say they know that that kid, is going to be well taken care of. He's right. going to be mentored. You know, he's going to be coached. Does that mean they're going to win every game? No, absolutely not. Um, but the kid's going to be given a fair chance. The kid's going to be mentored and he's going to be loved. And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's how we try to run our program. And uh, it's never easy because, you know, it's a pretty volatile business. Um, it's a results-based business. And uh, we all signed up for it. Um, but the rewards far outweigh, you know, the risks that we all take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mac, I, I would think, I know we got to uh, get going here a second, but I would think that in recruiting, you would maybe use Coach Odom a little bit, or <laughs> you talk about 60 years of connections, right? So oh, yeah. Some coaches don't have two years of connection more than hey, your name your name comes up all the time all right, well, okay good I mean, he's got i mean the guy the guy was fortunate enough to coach two number one picks yeah, oh, yeah, exactly 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. i've showed i've showed people video of you like okay, all right. you were way you were way ahead of your time like people have no idea how ahead of your time you were right right and how and you Ralph play the Will game i was sitting on the basket when you missed the free throw i'm sorry you missed the free throw but Against Maryland, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. But then Craig tips it, and then you finish it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the way it was supposed to be. Perfect story. That's right. yeah. And, and right. Ralph, little did we know that coaches like Ryan now have to have – they have to manage cap space. I mean, we, we yeah. had no cap idea. space and <laughs> portal space and NIL space. and Yeah. Uh, that, well, Ryan, we can't, 
we can't thank you enough and, and all the best and, and congratulations on the move. And we, you know, we're hoping for a better year and yeah, we still follow you back here. We still, yeah, yeah. you know, but you'll mm-hmm. always be, you'll always be that little kid in the gym with the, the, the floppy socks and the, you were terrific, but congratulations, best of your family. And, uh, and just, we're glad you could spend a few minutes with us. We, th- I really look forward to this today. So yeah. Awesome. It. Thanks so much for having me guys. It's great to see you. All right. He is Ryan right, Odom. Guys of the Utah State Aggies. Ralph Sampson and I return on center court right after this. Stay with us. Almost a turnover there. It leaves McKim open the step. Discover the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Approach it like it's a job. This is an assignment. You know, this is your words on a, a videotape or a radio. We're going to be able to listen to it and grade you. Hall of Fame broadcaster Dan Patrick. Anybody can make a big game sound big. Can you make something small sound bigger? That's the challenge. From play-by-play to producing to anchoring, we have your invitation. You should be learning now. You should be progressing. You should be a finished product, at least to the best of your ability, by the time you graduated. We want you already midway, if not all the way through that. So when you come out, you're ready to go and ready to get a job. The Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting is located at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. It's time for you to discover your next journey. Welcome back, Center Court, Winter Circle Network, and man, what a great interview. See, Ralph, the way I look at this, when we, you know, when we've known this guy since he was, you know, knee high to, I don't know, you, I mean, guys like Ryan Odom should never age. Stick, he's 47 years old. His son is a walk-on on his team. That's how, I mean, Mac, you know, I mean, our, our, our heyday, I mean, you never envisioned life, you know, 40 years later. It's hard to do that. But now you can look back on life because you've been through it. Like, this little kid was building the ball between his legs. You know, he had basketball in his jeans. He wasn't going to be very tall. No. You know, which we knew, but he loved to be in the gym. Yeah. And like, okay, so you see him, as he said, what I mean, I look at Miss Holland, Coach Joe, and they say, oh, it's still Ralph, the basketball player, young kid. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a grown man, and Ryan's now a grown man with grown kids. And like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you got a kid playing for you, and you coaching at Utah State. I mean, anyway, but great, great history, great legacy. Uh, and I'm still proud of him that he, he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, and look at your children, though. And I've got a daughter now who's 32 who, you know. Uh, but you still think she's a little girl. Yeah, exactly. yeah she's not. She's not old. Yeah, she's a little girl. Yeah. And she just, say, Dad, like, okay, let me do my thing, right? It's just the way it works. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and, and think about w- w- the UMBC segment. Think about how grounded Coach Odom always was and as a head coach at wake in south carolina dave was always so grounded so humble um you know respected the game so much and you gotta love the guys that respected the game terry holland respected the game and we could you know tony ben we could go on and on and on mike young now at virginia uh seth greenberg who, who was with ryan for seven years respected and respects the game of basketball to the point that these you know, these were great role models for Ryan, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, winning that game, he could have, he could have just been off the chart, mm-hmm. gold. I mean, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, Coach Olmazi is well grinding, but I can only imagine that hug embracing in the locker room after oh. the game between 
Coach Odom and Ryan and his mom. I mean, like a three three person hug, right? I mean, it had to be very special for them to be to do that. Like I, I finally kind of arrived to the game of basketball, right. and I made the right choice to be a to be a coach and keep the Odom name out there from right. years to come. So I, I'm so so happy that it, it happened to him. Like I said, with the perfect storm that happened, and and it shouldn't didn't happen to anyone else but that. And 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 it's a great guy that it happened to. So I'm very proud of him. Yeah, uh, Ryan said he didn't cry. What do you want to bet that? Oh, no, my God, our God. He had to a little bit, right? And Dave Valley, uh in that spring of uh, 2018. And then, boy, did, you know, such a – the whole story. And then Tony Bennett turns it around and went. Oh, down. man, I mean, that, that's two years of basketball you had to, like, love. I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's a wonderful time of year. I know we have a blast following it. So, uh, you have a great time as we head into that Elite Eight and getting ready for that Final Four. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, have a good time. I'll be talking and I'll be checking in. I'll be following. Yeah, check in. Yeah, we'll check in. Let's <laughs> okay. see how your bracket does the rest yeah. of the work. Okay. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald. That's Center Court for this week on the Winner Circle Network. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.